0: welcome to the hokey hangover podcast andrew alex in the house from espn blacksburg and now i can say with sports illustrated's all i can say that thanks to my good friend and podcast co-host michael mcdaniel now officially the head honcho for all of sports illustrated's hokey coverage mike thanks for the job how you doing uh, happy to give
1: you a job happy to give our esteemed third guy ricky a job as well um who is not with us tonight but yeah we're uh we're doing the thing over at allhokies.com now so go check that out i was right in there before i've kind of taken over the lead role now and i brought a bunch of people over with me and we're putting out a lot of good stuff so uh In addition to listening to this podcast, it would make Ricky, Andrew, and myself very, very happy if you went and checked out allhokies.com. Let's put it that way.
0: You can benefit in multiple – we would benefit in multiple ways if you check all of the content that we put out there. And with Mike McDaniel at the helm, like we said, he's brought in a hall of very talented Hokies writers, allhokies.com. Sports Illustrated's Hokies coverage is going to be hopefully some of the best out there and hopefully a solid addition to your Hokies reading. But hey, Mike, I, I'm going to say something and you're going to tell me what your initial reaction was. Yep. With the 101st pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the New England Patriots select Dalton King tight end Virginia Tech. Love that yeah mike's gonna bring us some interesting insight here as both a virginia tech fan and a big new england patriots fan mike i mean let's start from the beginning here when dalton keen declared for the draft a lot of people myself included kind of shrugged at it and said he might be pushing his you know he might be pushing it he maybe didn't necessarily have to go early a lot of people saw him as a fifth round pick a sixth round pick even a seventh round pick but Bill Belichick, you know, the best coach in professional football, took a fly at him in 101. What do you think Bill Belichick sees in Dalton Keene? Well, he sees a
1: guy, and let, let me back up real quick, a step. Um, He sees a guy in Dalton Keene who can block number one, which is something the Patriots needed real, real bad last year, right? When Rob Gronkowski wasn't on the Patriots roster anymore, you obviously saw the impact that that had um, in the passing game with the inability to kind of produce there at the tight end position for the Patriots. But I think where you also saw it is the running game. Um, the Patriots have historically been built when they had Tom Brady quarterback. They were built on the play action pass um, and the ability to open up the passing game with their rushing attack. They really didn't have that as well as they have in the past. They, they just really didn't have that a year ago, and I think what Dalton Keane brings to the table is a guy who's out there who can absolutely block for you, um, create running lanes for your backs, but of course, he can also get after it after the catch. I mean, Dalton Keane what can line up all over the field, his versatility is his is one of his best qualities, the fact that he can line up split out at receiver, that he can line up in the slot, that he can line up kind of as an H-back or a fullback or in the backfield as a running back and, you know, be a pass-protecting back in that that sense, or just a traditional tight end, which is where I think the Patriots will have him lined up at the next level. You know, a lot of people, like you mentioned, Andrew, I think a lot of people thought that Dalton Keene might have been making a mistake coming out as early as he did. Um, but the one thing that and, and the, obviously the one other instance people were pointing to was Gerard Evans right Gerard Evans had that great year um, back in 2016 and everybody said okay well why would he leave and he ended up going undrafted and was able wasn't really able to latch on anywhere in the NFL after that I think a lot of people were concerned about that with Dalton Keene but you know to Dalton Keene's point his introductory press conference with the Patriots Andrew he mentioned that by returning to school at Virginia Tech what more was he going to do to his draft stock like The Hokies used Alton Keene in a certain way where he's going to have like, you know, around 15 to 20 catches a season. He's going to be really instrumental in the running game and and what they do from a blocking standpoint there. But like how much would his stock increase by another year of college football if Virginia Tech's offensive scheme wasn't really going to change all that much? And Brad Cornelson, you know, loves to utilize his receivers um, in the running game, you know, loves to throw quick screen passes out to the receivers a good bit as well. Uh, But the use of the tight end is kind of something that Brad Cornelson kind of sneaks in and throws in every now and then. And that's when Dalton Keene makes you pay because of how elusive he is in the open field. So I think Dalton eventually, you know, obviously it's easy to look back at hindsight 2020 and be like, oh yeah, he absolutely made the right decision because of when he went a lot earlier than people were expecting him to. A lot of people have him in the fifth, sixth, seventh round in the mock drafts. He ends up going at the end of the third. And because of where he's going to the Patriots team that has historically utilized tight ends, uh, at a very high level under Bill Belichick. So I, I think he certainly made the right decision, but I think he's bringing kind of a multifaceted approach uh, to New England, something that he'll have to adjust to now going from Virginia Tech's offense to the Patriots' offense, but I think he definitely has the tools in the tool chest to, to do so.
0: Yeah, and at pick 101 – you know, given that he's a third-round pick, that's a pretty decently long-term commitment to a player. You wrote the Dalton will be making $4.5 million dollars with an $832,000 signing bonus. That's a lot for a guy that, like you said, his usage at Virginia Tech over the course of his three-year career, 59 receptions, 748 yards, eight touchdowns. Obviously, the Patriots... I mean, tight end had to be one of their weakest positions. I mean, right now, before the draft, their highest tight end of the roster was a guy named Matt Lacoste, who last year had one touchdown and under 200 yards receiving. The Patriots also pick up a guy, Devin Asiasi, out of UCLA. Uh, They picked him 10 picks prior to Dalton Keene. Fun fact, the last time the Patriots picked two tight ends in the same draft, the two tight ends, Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. How do you see the usage of Keen in the Patriots system compared to maybe the usage of, of Asiasi? I guess more specifically, how do you see Keen being used right now?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping uh, Keen and Asiasi can put together similar production to Gronk and Hernandez. Um, obviously Gronk and Hernandez both fought injury issues throughout the course of their Patriots career, but when they were both at their best, they were obviously excellent players in Bill Belichick's system. Um, and we all know what happened with Aaron Hernandez. I probably could have gone on for a lot longer um, had he not gotten himself in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, a little bit of trouble. Um, if he wasn't off murdering people, I think they would have been a little bit better off. But um, yeah, I think Asiasi Asi is a little bit more of a um, receiving threat at tight end than Dalton Keane. Um, That And of course, Dalton Keene has got the softest hands in the ACC at tight end, in my opinion. Um, catches everything, elusive in the open field, all that stuff. Asiasi Asi is not. As good of a blocker as Dalton Keene. So I guess if you're going to put the two side by side, I think Asiasi is more of like the receiving threat. Like think of um, think of like Bucky Hodges when he was at Virginia Tech. He was kind of like that hybrid tight end wide receiver um, or like Thaddeus Moss, who's now latched on with your Redskins as an undrafted free agent. Like a little bit of a hybrid can do a little bit of everything. You know, Dalton Keene, as we've seen at Virginia Tech, is more of like the conventional tight end. Right. Really good blocker, strong after the catch, really athletic in the open field, big bodied frame. Asiasi has all of that too, but he doesn't necessarily have the blocking technique right now that Dalton Keene has. I think Keene is the better blocker than Asiasi, and I I think that Bill Belichick will find creative ways to use both of these guys, but obviously if he used back-to-back third-round picks on both of these guys and traded up to get both of these guys, he obviously has a plan in place and and thoughts about how he wants to use these two athletic players.
0: Now, looking at the Virginia Tech side, Dalton Keene obviously gone he played a unique role in the Virginia Tech offensive scheme, obviously splitting time with a very another very talented with another very talented tight end in James Mitchell. How do you see Dalton Keen's production and usage being replaced in, for the 2020 Hokies? Well, I mean,
1: two guys, right? James Mitchell, obviously, I think will take a, a bigger role in the passing game. Um, he was. Obviously, you know he had his moments last year, and I think he'll take on a bigger role there now with Keen no longer in the in the fold. Eric Gallo, I think as well, and a lot of people have talked about him um, coming in at tight end. I I think he's another guy who can definitely make an impact. Coaching staff already raving about them, similar to how um, they raved about James Mitchell as he was coming up. And you know, I think both Mitchell and Gallo will have um, really important roles in this offense for Virginia Tech next season. It's just a matter of, you know how are they going to use these tight ends, right? Is Gallo more of the Dalton Keene type role while Mitchell is more of the traditional receiver? I mean, probably. Right. And um, it'll be just really interesting to see kind of how they spread these guys out formation wise um, and, and kind of where they plug and play these players because Dalton Keene essentially never came off the field. So when James Mitchell was on the field last year for Virginia tech, he was kind of the second tight end, but he was replacing either a running back or maybe one of the slot receivers like Tavion Robinson. Um, You know, you'd see a lot of stats last year where it would be Hazleton and Trey Turner and James Mitchell and Dalton Keene. And those would kind of be your four. And then you'd have, you know, whether it be a Keyshawn King or Deshaun McLeese in the backfield, you'd have, you know, kind of a fifth guy to throw to in that regard. So I think they'll get creative. Brad Cornelson always does with his scheme. It'll be really interesting to see kind of how he replaces Keen's production at tight end. But I think the two obvious candidates are obviously Mitchell in a much bigger role in the passing game, and then also Eric Gallo as well.
0: Quickly, while we're talking about the Patriots, I want to touch on a former Hokey. Didn't complete his career within Virginia Tech, and that's uh, former Virginia Tech defensive end Trayvon Hill. Hill, who obviously after graduating and prior to graduating, being like you know, released from the Virginia Tech football team, went on to finish his career at Miami. When he was at Virginia Tech, Hill was very good in two seasons, 94 tackles, 20 of them for a loss, 11 and a half sacks in a little over two years playing in Blacksburg. How do you see Trevon Hill, who ended up signing with the Patriots as an undrafted free agent, fitting in with the Patriots? Do you see him as someone that can make that team?
1: I do. Um, Obviously, a lot of that is going to depend on Trayvon Hill, right? And what I mean by that is is he's going to stay out of trouble off the field. Is he going to be a team player and not act out, for lack of a better term? I mean, you know, he he was a guy who was a very productive member of Virginia Tech's team for the better part of two, I mean, two full seasons. And in the middle of a third and, you know, he was obviously dismissed from the team um, after a halftime blow up against old dominion with the coaching staff, Uh, you know, he's got to keep his cool. I think that's the one thing that everybody will point to like Trayvon Hill needs to be able to hold it together. Does he have the talent, the athleticism, the size to play at the NFL level? Yeah, he really does. I mean, When you think about Trayvon Hill, when he was first coming into Virginia Tech and the way that he produced his first couple of years on the field, everybody was talking about Hill as a surefire NFL draft pick. There wasn't a single doubt in anybody's mind that, you know, Hill would be drafted into the NFL. The question was really why. Right. And like the the real question was, like, how long is he going to stay? Um, Because you think back a couple of years ago, the year that he got kicked off the team at Virginia Tech, a lot of people were saying, okay, well, he's in his third year of collegiate eligibility. Uh, you know, he's, he got off to a good start that season as well, but then he was dismissed from the team. But as he was starting to play that season, people are thinking, okay, well, if he has another really productive season, like why is he going to stick around? He's definitely got to be picked in the first couple of rounds of the draft. But then obviously he had the blow up. He was dismissed from the team at Virginia Tech. Um, there were no indications that he really caused any problems at Miami, but there's a reason why he slipped, Andrew, and there's a reason why he wasn't picked. And I think there were obviously some character concerns there. So, I mean, the one place where they won't tolerate that and they'll try to get the best out of any sort of player it is the Patriots. And if they think that it's not going to be a fit, if he, you know, exudes character issues, he's not going to make the team, but I think if he does, he's going to be a very productive player because like you mentioned, Andrew, like people were mocking him as like a first or second round pick when he was at his best and not causing a lot of trouble. So I think as long as he stays on the straight and narrow, so to speak, I think the talent speaks for itself. I mean, Trayvon Hill can absolutely play at the NFL level. I mean, he's a really, really outstanding player.
0: Oh yeah. No, very, very, very solid. I mean, again, like we talked about first, second round guy, character issues can get in the way, but if you can mold yourself, if you can mold your character to that tight-sit Bill Belichick system, I mean, if there's anyone that can maximize this talent, it's the guys up in New England. I want to talk about another hope.
1: Yeah, Andrew, team. Andrew, real quick, real, real quick. I, the, the one thing I just want to mention to kind of tie that all together, um, there were some guys that the Patriots have had in the past that have had it, like character issues. I'm not just talking about Aaron Hernandez. Obviously, he had a major issue. I'm talking like Chandler Jones. Um, you know, he had... You know, police got called to his house for disturbance, and I guess it wasn't the first time that he had, you know, caused some issues off the field for New England. Um, he hadn't gotten in a lot of trouble with the law, but the police, you know, they are called to his house for a disturbance. He was essentially high on synthetic marijuana. Bill Belichick had enough of that, and he traded him to the Cardinals. And you think about how good of a player Chandler Jones is, right? Like, a very good pass rusher in the NFL. So, Belichick will cut bait with anybody if they have major character issues, and, Trayvon Hill, for as talented as he is as an undrafted free agent, you know, Bill Belichick has literally nothing to lose by by taking him, signing him on board and seeing what he can do as an undrafted free agent, but he could just as quickly cut him as well. Oh,
0: yeah. You know, I, I mean, it's smart on Belichick's part. It's a, like you said, extremely low risk and potentially a very high reward. And, you know, and obviously Hill has gotten a lot of flack from the Hokie fan base for, you know, I mean, I don't want to go out and say what I've heard that is the reason he got kicked off the team because I can't 100% say it's true. We know that he did flash the U sign as he walked across Virginia Tech's graduation stage. That obviously rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, but you know it, it, we're all rooting for the kid to turn it around and hopefully have a productive and, and lucrative NFL career. But like you said, that is up to him. Let's talk about a guy that's held in a little higher esteem by the Virginia Tech faithful, and that's Reggie Floyd. Reggie Floyd, the lone true contributing senior on the defensive side of the ball for Virginia tech last year, he gets picked up as an undrafted free agent by the Arizona Cardinals announced that on Twitter very shortly after the seventh round came to completion. The former three-start out of Stonehill Jackson in Manassas was a mainstay for the Hokies made 36 starts over the course of his career, 230 career tackles, 14 for a loss showed some, you know, showed some very positive attributes also kind of showed himself to be somewhat of a liability in past coverage. Do you think Reggie Floyd is a serious shot at making the team?
1: I think he can carve out a role on special teams. Um, and I'm not saying Reggie Floyd can't play safety at the next level. I think he certainly can. Um, the concerns about Reggie Floyd are actually pretty similar to the ones that were, you know, to what people were concerned about with Chuck Clark when he came out a few years ago and Chuck Clark just got a nice little contract extension with the Ravens. Um, the real question wasn't whether or not these guys could defend the run. Reggie Floyd is a very good tackler, a guy who, you know, hard nosed will make the tough play. will make the tough tackle. Um, He's, he's very good at, you know, defending running backs and and receivers in the open field um, when they have the ball in their hands and he's good at tracking them down and making tackles. And his instincts are good in that regard, but where he struggles is in pass coverage and his instincts as a defender Uh, against the pass are not as good as they are against the run let's put it that way and that's why i think he slipped out of the draft i thought reggie floyd would get drafted um I, i was a little bit surprised that he didn't get picked but it doesn't surprise me at all that very quickly after the draft ended he was a high priority free agent for the arizona cardinals that doesn't surprise me at all he's a guy who certainly has a lot of potential he has good size he has good speed and he's a willing and able tackler against the run And he's also played a good amount of special teams at Virginia Tech. And I think that's where the Cardinals think that they can fit him in, at least initially, you know, give him a shot on the team is, you know, try to, you know, win a battle at special teams and and try to win a position battle there. And then all of a sudden you're a depth option at safety and you have a guy get injured and who knows what happens. All of a sudden you're thrown in there like Chuck Clark and you make a little nice little career out of it. Now it's a lot easier said than done, but I wanted to draw the parallels there because a lot of people had the same sort of concerns about Chuck Clark you know, defending the pass when he came out of Virginia Tech a few years back. And it seems to have worked out okay for him. So I think Reggie Floyd certainly has a shot to make the Cardinals. Obviously, I think it was a no-brainer signing. Um, I I think the fact that he signed literally minutes after the draft ended tells you a lot about what teams think of Reggie Floyd. I'm sure he had other options other than the Cardinals. But I think it's a good opportunity for him an opportunity that I think he can take a hold of and potentially make the team at the very least. I think he's going to be a practice squad guy, which as an undrafted free agent, I mean, as long as you're kind of hanging around the team to get your chance, I mean, I think that's all you can really ask for.
0: Yeah, no, and that's exactly right. And you talk about Chuck Clark, a sixth round guy, following this past season, he just got a big time payday contract extension with Baltimore. So they're obviously very happy with what he's been able to bring to the table for that. Obviously very successful team in recent years, but yeah, looking at Reggie Floyd, I mean, he's got the frame and if it's something it, it whether the issues in the past coverage can be improved upon, I don't see a reason why some NFL team wouldn't be able to take a flyer on him, throw him on that practice squad, and just hope he develops. You see that a lot in the NFL, especially the guys with all the physical attributes to play at the next level. Let's talk about a guy who declared early for the nfl draft but ultimately has not been at least at the time of this recording picked up as an undrafted free agent and that's deshaun mcleese deshaun mcleese the Hokies' leading rusher in 2019 843 yards on the ground seven touchdowns not didn't do much as a receiving threat 11 receptions 70 yards no touchdowns there mcleese people thought would probably be chalked in as still that first and second down back had he come back he ultimately opts to enter early in the NFL draft does not get drafted and as of now does not get signed number one do you think that Deshaun McLeese has a shot of being picked up by a team and two if you're Deshaun are you kind of looking back at that decision and maybe second guessing yourself
1: I'll answer that second question first because I, you know, a lot of people were talking about maybe Dalton Key making the wrong decision before you know things kind of unfolded the way that they did. And he ends up in a really good situation. This was the actual player I looked at and said this guy's probably making a mistake. Um, Deshaun McLeese not getting drafted is not a huge surprise to me. I thought at you know if he was going to get picked, it would be later in the draft, but. I wasn't going to bet on that because running backs in general don't tend to get picked very high. And if they're not one of the higher prospects uh, on a team's draft board, sometimes they slip a little bit lower than expected. And I think that's exactly what happened here with McLeese. I think he can carve out a role for himself at the next level. I do, um, or it, at least have a shot to to play somewhere and sign with the team. I'm surprised he hasn't been picked up yet, but just knowing how podcasts work, we'll finish up this recording and we'll hear that he signed with an NFL team somewhere because that's how podcasts work. But, um, yeah, I think Deshaun McLeese, just because of his skill set, um, obviously he can kind of be that guy out of the backfield, you know, catch a swing pass, you know, a little bit of wiggle up the field and break loose. He's not a between-the-tackles type of runner. Um, he's not a guy who's obviously very big. He's about 5'8", so I think that obviously works against him. So I think at the NFL level, the only way that he's really going to have an opportunity is as a third down back. And there are so many of those these days that I think it's really hard for him to break through. But he's talented. He's athletic. He was a reliable player for the Hokies. I think he'll be able to sign somewhere and get an opportunity. It's just a matter of how he's going to parlay that into a long career. It would pretty much, I mean, at this point, it would be hard for me to imagine um, that he's going to be able to get this big break and all of a sudden be like, you know, a top running back in the league or top third down back in the league. I just really don't see it at this point.
0: All right, one more, and then we'll touch on a couple other news and notes, players around the ACC, and a little bit of Virginia Tech hoops action. Ryan Willis, obviously, Hokie starter in 2018 following the Josh Jackson injury, he starts the 2019 season, ultimately ends up getting benched. They say he was probably, well, he says. He was pretty injured, and that was a big part of the reason why his performance just, you know, quite frankly, plummeted. Ryan Willis always kind of heralded for having a, a big pro-style NFL arm. He's still sitting there in that undrafted free agent pool. Any shout out team picks him up?
1: I think it's actually more likely Willis gets picked up than Deshaun McLeese. I know that might be a little bit of an unpopular opinion because McLeese was a more reliable player for the Hokies, but I think... NFL teams tend to find opportunities for guys with strong arms and and some sort of pedigree. Um, Willis, you know, he made some bonehead decisions throughout his time in Blacksburg on the field. But what we saw at other times was that, you know, he could make some big time throws. He was a little bit of a gunslinger. He's got a really strong arm. Um, accuracy at times was an issue, but other times it's like, man, that was a great throw. Like, why doesn't he do that more consistently? And usually you find guys who are able to throw the football like that. They usually find an opportunity somewhere. I think Ryan Willis will latch onto a practice squad. I do. Um, I actually think it's a little bit more likely he finds work in Deshaun McLeese at this point. Uh, but nothing would really surprise me. You know, um, the fact that Willis wasn't drafted obviously wasn't that big of a surprise, um I know he did an interview with the Roanoke Times I was talking to them about his injuries that he was dealing with um in the early part of last season um and you know he was kind of projected to be somewhere between sixth round and undrafted and that's kind of where he ended up and it's not a surprise that nobody drafted him to me but it's been a little bit of a surprise that he hasn't been picked up somewhere as an undrafted free agent but Again, we're only a couple days removed from the draft, so I, I think he'll find an opportunity somewhere.
0: Obviously, the most talented player and heralded player in the Commonwealth going into the 2019 season was UVA cornerback Bryce Hall. Suffers a very serious injury, and ultimately a guy who was slated to be probably a top 20 pick in most preseason mocks ends up sliding to pick number 13 of the fifth round. That's 158 overall. Do you think Bryce Hall still has that NFL potential. Do you agree with the NFL teams in how far he fell?
1: I mean, there were injury concerns. Um, I think what hurts Bryce Hall, no pun intended, is that he has this really bad injury. And then this COVID thing happens, and he doesn't really get an opportunity to kind of improve his draft stock, right, and show how healthy he really is and, you know, do this workout in front of all these pro teams. And I, I think to a degree that really hurts him as well. Um, yeah I mean I think Bryce (laughs) to get Bryce Hall in the fifth round when he was probably going to be a first or second round cornerback before his ankle injury is incredible value you talk about taking a flyer we were talking about Trayvon Hill kind of being a flyer for the Patriots I mean using a fifth round pick on Bryce Hall perfect sign me up and let's see what we can do because if he's healthy he's shown the ability to be one of the top corners obviously in the ACC when he was at UVA but uh, he's a guy who's got excellent cover skills, excellent ball skills, a guy that, you know, a prototypical defensive back at the NFL, you know, something that you would want out of that guy is something that Bryce Hall exudes, right? And he's a very good player and a very reliable player and was for UVA for a while. Um, If he was able to stay healthy, he would have absolutely been a guy drafted in the first couple of rounds. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how his career kind of progresses here. And if he's able to stay healthy and stay on the field and he didn't really have like this long, blinded, like, injury history before this ankle injury. It was just pretty gruesome, unfortunately. And it's one that a lot of NFL teams just kind of looked at and said, you know what, I think we'll pass on Bryce Hall. We got better value with this other guy that we're going to pick. And I think Bryce Hall has an opportunity to kind of make a name for himself here at the NFL level and make some of those teams in front of him pick.
0: One guy that surprised me who was actually picked a few picks before Bryce Hall was UVA wide receiver Joe Reed. Reed was a very dynamic, very useful wide receiver for the Wahoos throughout his four-year career at UVA. I, I will admit I am slightly biased towards him, and I'm never really biased towards UVA players, but he is a very close friend of a number of my very close friends in college. They all went to high school together, and I have met him, and he is when I understand a stand up guy, do you think UVA's Joe Reed has an opportunity to make an impact at the next level?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, really reliable receiver in college, obviously very fast, very elusive after the catch, an excellent kick returner specialist, um, you know, punt returns, kick returns, you name it. He did it at UVA. Yeah, Joe Reed's going to have a nice little career carved out for him, whether it's as an actual receiving threat in the slot. Um, as a guy who can be relied upon as a second or third receiver in an offense or if he's just kind of a kick return or punt return specialist I mean I think Joe Reed will absolutely have a nice little NFL career in whatever way he chooses because of his speed and his athleticism um, I, I think it's it's a home run pick there and I think Joe Reed is uh, definitely one of those guys that's pretty easy to root for like you alluded to even though he's a UVA guy and as a host you're not supposed to root for UVA players he's an easy guy to root for Um, Just because, like you mentioned, stand-up guy, really good player, um, can do a number of things on the field football-wise, and I think he'll have a nice little career at the NFL.
0: Any other players from the ACC? Because for those of you that don't know, Mike is an expert on all things ACC football. Any guys from the ACC that were maybe drafted on day two or day three that you think will make a big impact in the NFL?
1: Yeah, one guy who I thought should have been drafted in the first round, and there were some receivers that went in front of him, but I thought it was a little bit of a mistake. And he didn't really fall too far, but I thought he was a little bit underdrafted was T. Higgins. Uh, T. Higgins at Clemson was unbelievable at receiver, and he slips to literally the first pick of day two. So it was really not like he, he fell all that far, but there were some receivers picked in front of him that I looked at and I said, you know what, I'd still rather have T. Higgins. And It took a while in the first round, you'll remember, Andrew, for a lot of the receivers to be picked, Um, whether uh, it was Justin Jefferson or Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb. Like, they all fell a little bit further than everybody expected them to. And T. Higgins was one of those guys who also fell as a result of that. And I like T. Higgins' game a lot. Um, Obviously, big-bodied, six-foot-three receiver, but really fast, really elusive, catches everything, can make the acrobatic catch, can go up over defenders. You name it, he can do it. And Joe Burrow is really going to enjoy throwing to T. Higgins. He had to, you know, look at while he was sitting on the sideline, the national championship. He watched T. Higgins work, um, you know, for Clemson and Trevor Lawrence. Now he's going to be able to throw the ball to him at the professional level. So that's pretty exciting for him.
0: And what a compliment he'll be to A.J. Green if A.J. Green can come back healthy.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they're going to have a re- I mean, the the receiving core there is going to be freaking ridiculous. Um, you know, Cincinnati's not going to be down for long. I'll tell you that.
0: One question I have for you, and this is kind of biased towards my own team, but maybe you know something about him. James Smith Williams out of NC State, the defensive end, drafted by the Redskins in the seventh round. Is he any good? He was
1: decent in college. I mean, it's a little bit of a flyer for the skins, right? I mean, anytime you take a seventh round pick or a guy's an undrafted free agent or, you know, any time really after round five, if you're taking a sixth or seventh rounder, you're kind of taking a flyer at that point. He was a decent role player for North Carolina. Now, can he kind of fill in a more intricate role at the NFL level? I mean, we're really going to have to see. Um, I, I'm surprised that he slipped to the seventh. I thought he might go in the sixth, but I think as a seventh-round pick, it's a decent value pick for the Redskins. I think it's an opportunity for you know him to step in. The Redskins obviously um, could use all the pass rush help that they can get. Um, obviously, by drafting Chase Young, they filled a significant, lead, uh, a significant need by doing that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think he can definitely, you know, at least make the team as a depth guy or at least make the practice squad, make some noise there. I mean, he had some really nice moments in North Carolina, so I think he's got a good opportunity in front of him.
0: No running backs picked in the first 30 picks, but of the top five running backs picked, four of them came in the second round, two of those guys in the ACC. I'll ask you a question. Who is more likely to have a more impactful NFL career? Cam Akers from Florida State being drafted by the Rams? or A.J. Dillon from Boston College in Green Bay?
1: I think it's, oh, oh, man. Both teams love using the running back position, you know. Um, I'm going to go with A.J. Dillon in Green Bay. The Rams love to sling the ball around. It's warm weather out there in L.A., right? So, um, you know, you'll think about when Todd Gurley wasn't healthy here last like year and a half or so. They threw the ball quite a bit for better or worse, um, a lot of times for worse, just given Jared Goff's regression. Um, but Aaron Rodgers has always thrived when he's had a grounded pound running back behind him. Um, you think of, you know, Eddie Lacy, like five or six years ago um, when he came out of Alabama and he had his thousand yard season as a rookie and he was a very good player for them. Um, whenever Aaron Rodgers has had a reliable running back, um, you know, at his disposal. um they've been very good. And the Packers, you know, you saw the difference in the offense this year with Aaron Jones in the backfield and the fact they had a true rushing threat, not Ty Montgomery anymore, right? Like a legitimate running, like a legitimate running back uh, behind them in the backfield. Um, Aaron Rodgers has thrived. And I think AJ Dillon, because of how he carried the ball at Boston college, he's a workhorse between the tackles type back, a lot of tread on his tires, obviously Um, a guy who, you know, represented the bulk of the offense for BC. Uh, but he was really good at what he did. He stayed healthy. Um, and, and like I said, I mean, absolute workhorse running back for Aaron Rodgers. So I think it's got to be A.J. Dillon until further notice.
0: All right. I'm going to ask you two hokey basketball-related questions, and these two questions pertain to two transfers that have left the program. Landers Nolly picks Memphis over Georgia and Ole Miss to continue his college career. He declares for the NBA draft that after a few days, a quick change of heart. What do you think of his little flirtation with the NBA draft? And how do you think about his fit with Penny Hardaway in Memphis to continue his college career?
1: I think the fit with Penny Hardaway in Memphis is really good. Um, As far as the NFL draft question is concerned, or NFL draft. As far as the NBA draft is concerned, um, I think later on, should have just left his name in right? Because if you're not signing with an agent, you can at least get feedback to kind of figure out where you would fall. So he has an idea of kind of what he needs to do this year to put himself in a better position next year. Um, if he leaves Memphis and goes to the NBA, I mean, a couple of obvious things, right? Like he's got to be more efficient shooting the basketball when he's open. He's got to make more contested jumpers. He's got to take less of those rush contested jumpers with the shot clock running down, um, or early in the shot clock for that matter. Um, he's just got to be a, a bit more efficient and a bit better on the offensive end, a bit more consistent. I think that's clear. Now at Memphis, what they do, and, and I think what's going to be a little bit different at Memphis from Virginia Tech and where I think Memphis is a little bit further along than the Hokies are at this point is Memphis has some proven veteran playmakers on that roster that can kind of space the floor and have a bit more experience than what you were seeing in Blacksburg. I think where Landers and Ollie fell short last year, and it was really apparent in ACC play was that, you know, the guys around him, outside of like maybe Jalen Cohn couldn't create their own shot at a very effective clip. So what you'd see is, you know, dribble, dribble, dribble. Okay, the defense is well set. Dribble, dribble, dribble some more. Pass it around. And all of a sudden it ends up in Nolly's hands with like six seconds left on the shot clock. Okay, Nolly, create your own shot. Do your best you can. And he wants less of that and more of, okay, there's other guys who can kind of take the workload. I can kind of feed off them and kind of ease into the game and kind of get mine. And I think that's where Landers Nolley, I think, will be able to kind of flourish there at Memphis under Penny Hardaway. And I do think he will be an NBA player. I really do. I've kind of said I've said that all along. He's received a lot of criticism, which I think, you know, rightfully so. He didn't play particularly well last year, but he's still only a freshman. And He's got a really nice NBA body to him, a good frame, nice wingspan, um, very athletic player. It, it's just one of those deals where um you know he didn't shoot the ball terrific last year and I think it obviously hurt him he just kind of wants to change where he's a little bit better offensive system for him and his fit
0: what about Isaiah Wilkins he ends up in his hometown of Winston-Salem at Wake Forest kind of unceremoniously left the Hokies basically because Mike Young told him we don't really have a role for you here anymore he commits to Danny Manning in Wake Forest 10 days later Danny Manning Do you think Isaiah Wilkins, knowing what you know about that Wake Forest roster, has a chance to get serious minutes anytime soon?
1: He should get serious minutes. I just don't. Man, it really sucks for Isaiah Wilkins because he goes in there thinking that Danny Manning's going to be the coach, and then Danny Manning gets fired. And it's hard to blame Isaiah Wilkins, right, because I think the writing was on the wall for Danny Manning to get let go. But then the COVID thing hit, and he wasn't really let go for – really almost two months after the season ended so then everybody's thinking okay maybe Danny Manning is going to stick around he's um you know he's got a big buyout maybe Wake Forest doesn't want to pay that yet and lets him stick around another year just because of you know pure circumstance I think Isaiah Wilkins probably thought that too he's probably thinking all right well they haven't fired him yet so why are they going to fire him now it'd be terrible timing and sure enough like a week later he's gone and now Wilkins is kind of left holding the bag so to speak um doesn't know who his coach is going to be but I think Wilkins could definitely get major minutes there. Um, He was getting major minutes as a freshman for Buzz Williams and the fit offensively uh, for Mike Young wasn't great, admittedly, right? Like Wilkins is not a great three point shooter. He's not a guy who is going to stand there in the corner spot up and hit a bunch of threes. And I think that's why Hunter Couture, um, Jalen Cohn, Naheem Aline, like guys like that got more minutes this year than Isaiah Wilkins. But, I think Wilkins can carve out a nice role for himself at Wake Forest. I just think it's an unfortunate situation because he really doesn't know who the coach is going to be.
0: Last thing, because I can't believe we forgot it, and I don't think we've talked about it yet. Justice Reed, officially a Hokie. What kind of impact is he going to make at the defensive end position for Virginia Tech?
1: Yeah, nice catch. We should probably touch on that real quick, huh? Um, Yeah, big-time signing, uh, big-time get as a graduate transfer. A lot of football under Justice Reed's belt. Committed to Florida, dealt with some injuries, transferred to Youngstown State, dealt with a couple more injuries. He's going into his seventh year of collegiate eligibility this fall, um, but he's a guy, when healthy, who's proven to be able to get after the passer. And you, When you look at Virginia Tech's roster, especially a defensive end, Taiwan Garbutt is a guy who has proven he can get after the passer, really good frame, NFL-type body, can't stay healthy. Emmanuel Belmar, a little bit undersized, a defensive end, you would kind of prefer him to be more of a rotational-type player, a guy who plays a lot of snaps, but isn't maybe your your first or second primary defensive end. He's more of a, a guy you shuffle in and out maybe um, on, on certain sets uh, throughout um, a given offensive drive. But I think what you have now with with Belmar and with Tywan Garbutt and now Justice Reed is you have more options to shuffle guys in and out of that rotation at defensive end, proven options who have been there before, who have shown the, the ability to get after the passer. And I think Justice Reed is really going to help in that regard. He was able to stay healthy last year. Youngstown State had a really productive year. I don't think anybody's expecting him to get like 13 or 14 sacks like he did at Youngstown State. But I think a lot of people are expecting him to be a pretty significant player at defensive end for the Hokies. And I think he's going to be a really good player for them moving forward this fall.
0: All right, Mike, I think that's just about going to wrap it up for us. I am Andrew Alex. He is Mike McDaniel. Thanks for listening to the Hokey Hangover podcast. Mike, where can our listeners get more information from you?
1: Yeah, at Mike McDaniel SI on Twitter. Um, follow this podcast account at Hokey Hangover on Twitter. Go check that out. You're also going to now hear this podcast moving forward on allhokies.com. That's the Sports Illustrated site that I'm running, like I mentioned, with Andrew and Ricky and a host of others. So you're going to find this podcast now a variety of places. You're going to find the usual spots, iTunes, Google, etc. So go check all that out. Um, But also go check out allhokies.com because you're going to get great podcast content like this one. You're going to get video multimedia content from Andrew and others. So there's going to be a lot of really good stuff you're going to to want to hear and read and see, for that matter, from a video standpoint, uh, from the members of this podcast. So definitely go check out the site. Can't encourage that enough at this point.
0: Yeah, If you like this podcast, you are going to love the content on Sports Illustrated. It's allhokies.com because quite frankly... It is the same people operating it. And like Mike said, many more. But hey, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with you next week. Hopefully, uh, we will have Ricky back with us because he wrote a very, very intriguing article about some of the current Hokies 2021 NFL draft prospects. And we're going to dig really deep into that and whatever news comes about between now and then. So thanks for listening. And as always, go Hokies.